Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. I'd like to preface this post by stating that I'm a highly educated and scientific person and have never been a believer in the supernatural, Bigfoot or things of that nature. That being said, I really am at a loss for the things my family has encountered on my property over the last seven years and would love to hear your suggestions. Seven years ago, my wife and I purchased a property and 11 acres of woods in a rural part of northeastern Minnesota. The woods were connected to a larger acreage of fields and woods of about maybe 160 acres, and although sparsely populated, the land is near a fairly busy state highway. There are some housing developments in the area, but they are like three to four miles away, and the majority of the land all around our property is farm fields, woods, and rivers. It's remote. But with town so close, I wouldn't call it wild by any means. I'm mentioning this too because I've heard many Native American legends of things in the deep northern woods of Minnesota and Canada, but the area in which we live is just not that. Rural, yes, but not the endless north woods. As I said earlier, I'm not a believer in the supernatural and have never been afraid of the woods or the outdoors even though I have a healthy sense of caution and respect for large bears, moose, wolves, or other potentially dangerous wildlife. I'm also an avid hunter and mountaineer, and have experienced many nights in the wilderness. I've had numerous encounters with dangerous animals or situations, so I'm not spooked easily. And knowing my state of mind is important to my story, because many so-called supernatural encounters can be explained by people with an already high level of... uh, belief, anxiety, or fear, but that is just not me. 
well. That all changed after the first few weeks of moving in though. The house and the land had been abandoned for a couple of years due to foreclosure, so a lot of work needed to be done to get it back into shape. Wildlife had grown accustomed to no human presence, and Black Bear frequently roamed the yard at night along with many other woodland creatures. We also found a lot of animal bones scattered throughout the woods and coyotes were abundant. One night, in fact, during those first few weeks, we had a rainstorm and I was worried about a broken downspout potentially causing a basement leak. It was about 10pm, so I grabbed my headlamp and headed outside to deal with the situation. Behind our house is a fairly large swampy area that divides the woods. I had my back facing this area while fiddling with the downspout when suddenly I just had this intense feeling of, like, dread. It's really hard to explain the feeling, but it was like my body knew something was back there. It was very unusual based on the circumstances, and never having felt this type of fear before too, I tried to stay calm and slowly turned around to point my headlamp back towards the swamp. And what I saw was something that I still can't explain. Eyes. Numerous glowing reflecting eyes staring back at me. These were not eye reflections that you typically see with a deer or other animals since they were different at heights and when I pointed my headlamp spot beam directly at where you would expect a head to be, there was nothing but weeds and trees. But when I turned the headlamp off, they were still there though and glowing as if a light was being shined. They didn't move they just stared through me. Needless to say, I bolted and I ran as fast as I could back into the house and explained it away as a deer or raccoons. Later that summer, I was sitting out on a screened-in porch that partially faces the swamp and connected woods to the west. It was approximately 11pm when I began to hear what sounded like a bear fighting with or attacking a cow. Since there was a small farm to the southeast of my property, I assumed that perhaps a cow had wandered into the woods and been attacked by a bear or something. I really didn't know if this was something a bear would actually do, but it was my only guess based on the sounds I was hearing at the time. It was clearly some kind of a roar like a bear, but then followed by a frantic sounding cow's mooing. This went on for over an hour and it was perhaps one of the most horrible sounds I've ever heard. Even though it sounded so strange and, I hate to say it, but almost supernatural, it didn't frighten me since I had this rational explanation in my head. Even weirder, this same series of sounds happened again the next summer. These first few years, I never really investigated the area of the woods the sounds came from since it just wasn't my property. But a couple of years later, I had the chance to purchase this area and 70 acres to the west, which consisted of the woods that connected to mine, as well as a few tiled fields, more woods and ponds and stuff like that. As part of purchasing this land, I spent a great deal of time walking around on it to get a good understanding of its value and layout. As part of my walk, I was able to get a much better look at the farm set up to the south. The farm did have cows, as I suspected, but to my surprise... The area that they were kept in was a long distance from my house. In fact, much too far for me to hear them and the fencing was also extremely well built and electrified. Looking at it now, there was just no way a cow was wandering off from that farm. I didn't really think about this fact until recently, but 
I feel it's the best way to lay everything out in a chronological order. You see, after acquiring the property, I proceeded to put up tree stands at the various locations along with trail cameras in order to prep for the upcoming deer hunting season. One spot was the hilly woods where I heard those sounds many years prior. Again, I didn't connect these two things until now, but the area was very odd as whenever I hiked through there, I always saw some new strange thing, I guess you could say. One time, my son and I found an old game snare tied to a tree with what looked to be dried blood on the bark. Another time, we found at least a hundred-year-old tree with a barbed wire fence completely spiraling the entire trunk, growing in it and out of it at different intervals. I've also found many tree trunks with very large scratches or claw marks, not resembling an antler rub. Maybe a bear, I guess? We'd almost always find dead animal bones in this area, and even this winter I found a couple of deer legs snapped and picked clean. My sons have found numerous animal skulls there as well. As I was saying, I put a game camera in this area too, since I'd seen tracks and signs and wanted to get a sense of the best places to hunt. I've placed one there many seasons, and to this day, I've yet to capture a single thing on it. Nothing. My son has posted there a couple of times for hunting season and has mentioned the strange sense of quiet that he gets there. He's used to the forest sounds coming back after sitting still for long periods of time, but in this spot, there are never any sounds. But what he has mentioned is hearing something walking around through there, though. Another incident occurred one hunting season when I was entering this area en route to another stand when I saw a violent thrashing in the foliage moving fast and crossing from right to left but moving away from my position. I, of course, encountered deer and bear all the time, so I'm familiar with how they move when spooked, but this, this was something different. Whatever this thing was made up a high-pitched trumpeting combined with bellowing sound that was like nothing I'd ever heard from an animal outside of a, maybe an elk, which we don't have in this area. It wasn't bounding, and there wasn't the raised white tail or large dark mass to indicate a deer or a bear. There really didn't appear to be a body at all, in fact. Just whipping and falling leaves and branches, along with the deafening sounds. A year after this incident, too, my son went out hiking in the woods to try and find me since I was out doing some forest management. As he walked through this area, he thought that he spotted me coming through the woods fast, but quickly noticed the walk and the clothing were nothing like mine. Whoever it was also was a lot taller than me, and he described him as extremely thin. He said the person that he saw did not notice him at all and seemed to be walking in a straight line like they had a tunnel vision or something. Seeing someone in this part of the woods and their direction of travel really didn't make much sense at all too, since there really would be no reason to be there or to be headed that way as it leads to deep ravines and an uncrossable river. After he found me though and explained what he saw, I quickly went over to investigate to see if we had a trespasser. I hiked for quite a while, but I never found anything or anyone. If someone was there, they either got picked up on the road or they completely vanished. That same year, my son had a friend over too and they went for a late afternoon walk in the woods at one point. As it began to get dark, they made their way back by walking on the edge of the field that is next to this area of the woods. As they passed by, they said that they saw a figure a little ways off in the trees. 
or whatever they saw was near one of the hills in this patch of forest and seemed to be making some kind of a hand gesture. It began walking slowly towards them when they called out hey and hello. He or it stopped still and said nothing. It was at this point that the boys said something just wasn't right and they bolted back towards the house. They rushed into the house and told me what they saw and I of course laughed it off as their mind playing tricks on them. My son described the figure as very tall, like 10 to 15 feet, but with skinny arms and his body was dark all over. And not hairy per se, but dark. They even thought that it was an animal at first because of the weird way it looked. He couldn't really describe it very well other than gaunt or skinny and strangely dark. Me being the curious and protective father I am, was worried about it being trespassers, drug addicts or both, so I told them that I would go and take a look. They brought me to the area and pointed to where it was standing and I headed into the woods. Since it was winter and there was snow on the ground, I thought that it would be easy to locate the tracks of whatever this was and find out where it came from or went. But when I got to the spot though, there wasn't a, a single track or disturbance in the snow. But what I mean is that there was no way that an animal or a man could have been in that area and not left tracks. Which means that They'd either made it up or their minds had played tricks on them, or so I thought, but to this day my son and his friends still swear that they saw it, clear as day, and I can definitely attest that their fright was real. But my wife also has experienced strange thrashing sounds and other feelings of dread or being watched in those parts of the woods and generally just refuses to go over there anymore. And all of this brings me to today where... I had a sudden realization that all of the strange sounds, sightings, bones, and events seemed to be centered around this area, and I'm just at a complete loss to what it all means. It's still too strange to really bring this up and discuss it with people that I know anyway, but I wanted to share my story and see if anyone in this particular community might have any theories or ideas on what we might be dealing with here. I'll continue to investigate on my end, but would love to see what all of you guys think. Anyway, thanks for listening and for any insight that you might be able to share. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. 
That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So, to preface this story, I was a 21-year-old male, 6'2", 240 pounds. Not a small or weak-looking guy by any means. And I was wanting to lose some weight for a while at this point, and had been going on walks for a bit. Sometimes during the evening, or very late at night even. It was Florida, and it gets hot unless it's night time. Plus, like I said, I'm a pretty big dude, so I don't really have anything to worry about. Or... So I thought. Well, one night though, I decided to go out walking around my neighborhood around 3 in the morning in like a big puffy jacket and black pants. I felt like in this situation that I would be the creepy person that someone would be scared of. My walk was going good as usual and was actually getting close to the end of it. But then this old school sort of wood paneled passes by and goes into a driveway somewhat in front of me. I barely think anything of it. Always three or six cars go by on one of these late night excursions anyway. But it's what happens next that is what unsettled me. This van pulls back out of the driveway with its lights off. After I pass by the driveway, mind you. Luckily, I wasn't listening to any music or else I probably wouldn't have heard it. The van then proceeds to pull out and drive towards me and stops right in front of me. At this point, I know that I don't want to end up like some kind of horror movie character, so I book it in the opposite direction. I go down an off-branching street and keep going down these random streets to give me as much time as possible. I end up hiding in some random bushes in someone's yard and stay there for a little bit. I wanted to text my mum, but I was scared and didn't want the light from my phone to give me away. So I watch for any sign of them. Nothing for five minutes. Just as you think the coast is clear, there they are again. I hear a car coming down the street and it's those same guys but with their lights on this time. I'm pretty hidden in these bushes right against someone's house so they just go by thankfully but my heart is beating so quickly and I'm terrified at this moment. I wait a little bit more until I truly believe the coast is clear and get back to my house as quickly as I can. I wake up my mum and we call the cops and I give them as much info as possible. They said that they would patrol the neighborhood and after that I, I don't hear anything more. I just can't help thinking about that event though and what their motives were. I always try to debunk stuff like that but all their actions pointed to wanting to do something to me. But what did they want to do? I'm not a pretty young lady by any means. I'm pretty large, actually. Menacing sort of looking. My neighborhood is not even nice enough to rob. Very just sort of like middle class, I would guess. And I mean, what am I going to have on me while walking at like 2am? So I just can't help but think that maybe they didn't want to kidnap me or mug me, but maybe, maybe they wanted to kill me. It freaks me out to this day. 
you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. I started working part-time at a local gas station convenience store over the summer of 2016 to earn some extra money while attending college. When I was hired, I was informed that female employees were never scheduled to work overnight shifts, for obvious safety reasons, which I was relieved to hear. I wasn't so much worried about my safety, but I was concerned about getting enough sleep before classes. It wasn't long before I found myself dreading the days that I had to work though, as the job turned out to be much more difficult than I had anticipated. We were always short-staffed, which forced us to constantly multitask between running cash registers, preparing food, keeping eyes on pumps, cleaning, stocking, etc. But to make matters worse, the two women who managed the place were awful in every way, and I frequently found myself biting my tongue and talking myself out of quitting. I was especially on edge when they cut our 15-minute break down to 10 minutes, as I never seemed to have enough time to use the restroom and smoke a cigarette fast enough. But it wasn't until several annoying encounters with a regular, James, that I finally started to break. James was younger than me, maybe late teens or early 20s, and he thought that he owned the place. Perhaps being the grandson of one of the managers gave him a sense of entitlement to mess with people there. But the first time that I met James, he approached the counter to purchase some chewing tobacco. As I was ringing him up, I asked to see his ID and he told me who he was related to. But I politely asked again to see his ID because I was new. Another employee overheard our conversation and assured me that he was old enough, so I went ahead and rang him up. Staring at me intently the whole time, he looked down at my name tag and said, Mindy, that's a pretty name. I thanked him for the compliment and gave him his dip, but he continued talking to me and asking several personal questions. He wanted to know where I lived, what my last name was, whether or not I had a boyfriend, etc. Meanwhile, a long line had formed behind him and not trying to be rude, I said something like, Sorry, there's a line behind you, and I casually mentioned for the next customer to move up. But James didn't leave. He simply stepped to the side and continued talking to me and watching me as I rang each customer up. It was immediately uncomfortable and unsettling for me, but I did my best to pretend like I wasn't bothered. Even when his persistence escalated and another co-worker told him to leave me alone. James soon began to make more appearances after that too, the second time being with his girlfriend and another male friend by his side. Yeah, he had a girlfriend and I was really confused when he started flirting with me again, this time right in front of her, but oddly enough she didn't say a word. So I brushed it off and played along assuming that he's just the goof that my co-worker said that he was... But when he sat in a booth with his sidekicks at the back of the store, I could feel his eyes burning a hole right through me. Over time, I grew more suspicious of James, as I would witness him do and say countless things to hurt others. 
I knew that he was annoying and I had learned to brush that off as an all in good and fun sort of type of humor like everyone else did. But when I caught him making fun of another co-worker to her face, all I could feel was anger toward him. I removed her from the situation by taking her place at the register as I could tell that she was very hurt and embarrassed by his comments. And by doing so, it was apparent to James that I didn't approve. He would continue to cruelly harass this poor girl and even some of the customers who came in, but trying to make him stop was like scolding a child. I didn't lash out at him though. At this point, I just began to ignore him. James then started playing these head games with me while I was working. He would take soda and candy, walk outside without paying for it, and then come back into the store and say that I forgot to ring it up loud enough for everyone to hear. One night, he even filled up his gas tank and took off without paying for it before returning to say that he forgot to pay. He knew that he'd always get away with it because Granny was the manager. By this point, it wouldn't have surprised me if he really was stealing gas and food from the store, though. There was just something very dark and strange lurking behind his goofball facade, and I avoided him like the plague, though it was nearly impossible to do at times. But then, one day, while I was working alone with another co-worker, we were very busy with tasks as usual, when, lo and behold, James walked in by himself. I muttered under my breath, a pain in the butt, and I walked straight back into the freezer to finish what I was working on earlier. But then, he followed me, inside the freezer. To be honest too, I really didn't know that he was there until he walked up right behind me and asked why I didn't greet him anymore. Startled, I sort of jumped and quickly turned around, grabbing my chest and asking him what the heck he was doing back here. He laughed as I told him I was busy and reminded him that only employees could be in this area. He ignored everything that I said and instead proceeded to ask me personal questions, just like he did the first day that I met him. You never told me where you live, he said. I'm curious about you and I just want to know. Tell me where you live. He was moving closer and closer toward me, literally backing me into the corner of the freezer. Are you afraid of me, Mindy? He asked. I tried to push past him, telling him to move, but he kept stepping in front of me to block my way out. Not until you answer me, he said. I started calling out for my co-worker who showed up and gave him a heck of a talking to for being in the freezer. I was finally able to push past James and I made my way to the front counter where I looked at the clock and saw that it was time for me to go home. I gathered my things and punched out as quickly as I could, but James followed me out of the parking lot. I swiftly got into my car, but James managed to grab the top of the door before I was able to shut it. Come on, just let me see your ID, he persisted. I repeatedly told him no before I found myself practically begging for him to let go of my door so that I could go home. Then he grinned at me and said, don't make me follow you, Mindy. Chills ran down my spine at that point. Knowing how bold of a person he was and considering the fact that he literally just cornered me in the freezer only minutes ago, I highly expected him to follow through with that. Threatened by visions of what my drive home might look like, I became angry at this point. I looked at him dead on before shouting, let go of my door and stay away from me. I then grabbed the door handle and ripped the door shut as hard as I could. 
He tried yanking on the door handle from the outside to open it, but luckily I locked the door just in time. He then continued to knock on my window asking to see my ID, but I started my car and backed away from him. I turned the wheels and hightailed it out of there while he just stood and watched me speed off. I was never so glad to finally get away from him, but I was paranoid the whole way home, thinking that he could possibly catch up to me on the road, even though I, I never saw his vehicle behind me. I would end up quitting the job after this, and I didn't care that my hiring manager was angry about it. I had enough of everything and dealing with James was the last straw. I didn't bother explaining anything to my manager because it was apparent to me that James was probably never held accountable for anything that he ever did wrong in his life and he likely never would be. I never saw him again after that and I hope I never do either. James was a jerk, a clown, a joker, but he was also clearly borderline psychotic. Recently, I had to make a quick run to Walmart after work for a few smaller items that I'd forgotten the day before. About halfway into my trip, I was approached by a woman and a young girl who asked me to buy a pack of diapers for them. Now, I do enjoy helping people whenever I can, but something felt incredibly off-putting about this situation. Something about the way that she strode right up to me and just asked. It felt very rehearsed, I think. I told her no in the most polite way that I could muster, and she nodded and went on. I was prepared to deal with potentially having turned away a woman who genuinely needed help, but like I mentioned, something just felt very wrong about it. I completed the rest of my shopping and was well on my way to forgetting the encounter, but when I made my way up to the self-checkout, suddenly the same lady and the little girl made a beeline for me. She doesn't look to me or speak to me or anything and she and the girl just start scanning not only the diapers but items that they had hidden in their clothes, racking up a huge total in the self-checkout. Completely stupefied that she just brazenly assumed that I would pay for it all, I got the attention of the associates and quietly explained the situation, making it clear that I wasn't trying to make a scene but I simply didn't know these people and I wasn't about to pay for their belongings now that I knew that it was a ploy. He told me that they had apparently had to deal with her before, and I wasn't the first customer that she had a run-in with. He put on his most patient customer service voice and talked to the woman, at which point she pretended not to speak English, despite having had a pretty firm grasp on it earlier when asking me to buy diapers for them. She just kept pointing at me as if to indicate that she and the girl were with me, Thankfully, she wasn't fooling the associate, who by now had not only cleared her items from my checkout, but had placed himself between myself and the woman, still pretending that she couldn't understand him and still adamant that we were together. She was getting louder now, and things were escalating too, so I made a point to pay for my belongings, and I just hightailed it straight out of there. I hurried out to the car, closing the door just in time to see the little girl sprinting to catch up with me, the woman not far behind her panic set in and suddenly I was trying to lock the doors quickly, throwing my groceries in and buckling up all at once. She was frantically tapping at my window as I cranked the car with what I assumed at first was her nails. I wasn't going to look until 
I caught the sun gleaming off of something. I turned to find that she wasn't tapping with her nails, but instead with the tip of a switchblade. She was also making slow, deliberate slicing motions with it. Just about the only thing that I could think to do at that point was throw my car into reverse and get out of there as quickly as I could. And as I did, she and the girl slowly walked in front of my car heading back towards the store. As she was walking by, the woman turned and looked at me and gave what I could only describe as the most sinister smile that I've ever seen. Something was just so deeply insidious about the way that she gave me that knowing look. A truly diabolical version of the kind of look a mischievous kid gives you when they know that they're doing something that they're not supposed to. I was shaken, but ultimately I was okay. Though I would be lying if I said that I didn't look over my shoulder for a long while. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.